are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast presented by Stance. Stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in. Enjoy the com- the color and comfort of a life less ordinary with Stance. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. Joining me today, as always, is Lena McCool. And we are live on YouTube right now answering your Twitter questions. Uh, but before we do that, Landon, how are you doing today, sir? Doing good. You know, watching uh, two hapless NFC East teams barely uh, able to uh, hold on to the ball. Uh, uh, happy that I don't have to root for one of these teams currently. Like, I mean, not only like long term, but just in the playoff situation, you know, like uh, obviously playoff scenarios make strange bedfellows often. But the fact that we don't have to necessarily root for either one of these teams uh, is, is, is fun to just kind of watch them uh, be hapless. And I was watching the Seahawks Rams game, and you could say the exact same thing. Yep. So uh, <laughs> nothing, nothing changes at all. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's get to your Twitter questions because uh, a lot of people uh, have some really good questions about this team going into Week 16. Uh, and Lana, this is a good one. I actually think you responded to, but uh, somebody sent us all of the kill kill calls from Dak. Oh yeah, in the Week 15 game, um, and. Uh, a lot of them were just for modest gains. Like I'm looking at it now, uh, Tony Pollard for four yards, Tony Pollard for two yards, Zeke for three, Zeke for two, Zeke for no gain, Zeke for two, blah, I mean, so on and so forth. But yeah. uh, what are your take, what's your takeaway from so many kill kill calls going into basically modest gains? Uh, you know, I, I think that it was probably a very concerted effort by uh, Patrick Graham to, to kind of, play it with uh, havoc with those kind of pre-snap reads and, 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 you know, trigger uh, Dak into uh, killing into uh, whatever, you know, he's trying to trap him into killing into. Right. So, uh, you know, I think that ultimately it's just part of the whole trend in general. I mean, of kind of hiding what you're doing pre-snap to, to smart quarterbacks and then changing it post-snap and, and, you know, situations like that where, uh, you can show uh, a blitz, or you can you can you can uh, align a certain way, uh, which which will call the which you know Dak would think okay maybe I'll want to kill to a run here, uh, and then suddenly just send a blitz that you know l- late that can kind of expose the the trap that they set there. Uh, those are the kind of hard things to kind of uh, uh, to to prepare for, especially if they're being done specifically for uh, for you. So uh, you know sometimes the other team is is well coached and uh, they're professionals it's it's you know that's the nature of the nfl and and not you're not going to win those all the time i would also say sometimes killing a play just means avoiding a really really bad play yeah so you might see a tony pollard game for two yards and think well why did they check into that play because the other play (laughs) might have been worse right it might have been a screen but you had you know like a wide receiver screen but all of a sudden the corner came up and played press coverage or it might have been so. I mean, it could have been whatever, right? So sometimes killing into a two-yard run isn't the worst thing in the world, right? It 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 it, it feels like it falls under the category of uh, a little bit of knowledge is a dangerous thing, right? Like that's good mm-hmm. information, like to have, but ultimately it's like 
we don't know what the what the package play was. We we all we know was the play that he killed too. We don't know what was actually called. So it that's could be really like a deep. Point. It could be like a deep in route, and they're yeah. sending six guys, and you know that there's no chance that you're gonna have time to throw that ball, right? So yeah. hey, let's let's check into a onto a run and let's live to see another day. Right? In, in, in the same vein that that you know sometimes you get caught with a, with a bad play call versus what they have called on defense. Same sort of thing here. You know, sometimes yeah. they they yeah. they call the the defense right, or they get you into a spot where uh, you kill into something, and and it's not the result that you wanted, even though you had two plays on on the on the on you know you play on, called in the huddle. Uh, he, the the first one may have been a way worse result than just like mm-hmm. a two yard gain or whatever we we're, we're presupposing that was bad. Uh, I agree. Um, all right. Let's, our next question. This one from Bruce. And actually, I met Bruce. Uh, I met this guy at the uh, Fantasy Football Expo. Cool. Uh, which is really cool. He's a, he's a big Cowboy fan. So uh, he wants to know, what do you think about the Cowboy strategy for the 2022 draft months out? Um, I'll just give you my thought. I, I think they're going to continue to load up on defense, right? I think they're going to look for probably maybe, you know, maybe a, a, a linebacker, maybe a some more cornerback depth. I just see them continuing – to throw bodies and numbers at defense. But what are your thoughts? Yeah, I feel like they have, uh, you know, some, some things that they need to answer first on and, and free agency and, and people that are on their roster right now are on, on limited years to figure out exactly where they want to go first, because, you know, ultimately you may, you may get yourself into the first round and find yourself selecting a wide receiver again, or, you know, a position that you couldn't imagine right now, simply because, you know, you don't, that's possible. However, yeah, roster changes. It seems kind of unlikely. I think they do that, right? Because it seems like they're going to bring back one of Amari or Michael Gallup, right? I I, I definitely agree. I'm not I'm not suggesting that yeah. like that's that's you my said it could runner, happen. but right. I'm saying like at this point we're so far out. It, really, anything could happen. I would tend to agree. Like generally speaking, if I had to put money on it, defense seems like a very smart bet here. Uh, simply for the fact that you know you have some guys on some one-year deals, and defense is not something that's sticky. Like you don't, you can't just continue to um, to you know, roll out the same group mm-hmm. on multiple seasons and expect similar results. It, it changes yeah. a lot based yeah. on opponents, so they need to continue to improve. They can't just rest in their laurels there. So I do agree that you do want to keep reloading the defense because that's a spot where you, you just can't trust year to year that your players are going to play the exact same way that previously in the way that you can't, it's not as stable as offense and predictable edge rushers, right? You can always use more edge rushers, yep, especially sure. with Lawrence getting older. Uh, you could use, they, they need another off the ball linebacker. And you know how much I hate drafting off the ball linebackers in the you first round. It. You love it. You've made yeah. yourself clear. Very, but very, very big fan. if you're drafting, let's say in the late twenties or hopefully in the late or in the mid thirties, oh, we're going right? to drop the name the here. 30s, well, I don't, I'm not going to drop a name. I'm just saying, uh, I, I, we're not going to say the player. Uh, I just, I, I wouldn't hate a linebacker at that stage, right? If you yeah. can find the right one, like a guy that can actually run sideline to sideline, because that's what this defense needs. I, I still wouldn't love it. I, I would prefer defensive line, offensive line. Yeah, I was going to say offensive tackle. You're not a big Terrence Steele fan. I'm just concerned long term, you know. Yeah. Like I, I like Terrence Steele more as a right tackle. Um, what's the plan for Tyron Smith beyond you know a couple of years from now? I, I love Tyron Smith, and I and he, I want him to play every single snap that he plays in the NFL for the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. But but I don't. I need a 
more than solid replacement, someone on the horizon that we can make that transition at some point, as sad as that makes me even sad. It's also worth mentioning, you know, Connor Williams is a free agent. Connor McGovern going into the final year of his deal next year. Yep. Um, Zach Martin, still really good, getting a little bit older uh, now. Yeah. We'll see about Lyle Collins' contract situation. Because of the suspension, all his guaranteed money is voided. Offensive line is a pretty sneaky need for the Cowboys next yep. year. I agree. Uh, all right, let's take a quick break so I can tell you guys about on location. Super Bowl 56 at SoFi is less than 100 days away, and I can tell you Washington and Philadelphia will not be there. Nope. Uh, but the, yeah, uh, On location is the official hospitality partner of the NFL. It's the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. Select your exact seats and choose from elite experiences featuring an exclusive pregame celebration with NFL legends, five-star LA hotels, and food by the great Wolfgang Puck. Visit onlocationexp.com slash SB56 for more information or search Super Bowl on location. That is onlocationexp.com slash SB56. All right, Landon, let's get to, to some more questions. Uh, a, a lot of questions about Blake Jarwin. I think and I think you know why, but somebody actually wanted to know, do, do the Cowboys, are they missing just Blake Jarwin in general in the passing part of the offense? I think they could really use him right now. I'll tell you this much against, uh, you know, the kind of defenses that they're facing uh, l- lately. Uh, if you could g- get uh, the opportunity to have both Jarwin and Schultz out there, mm-hmm. I think it would be incredibly useful because it would just give you another guy to safely attack I mean, that is what I mean, you want to talk about somebody who could take advantage of some cover two looks. That is what uh, Blake Jarwin does extremely well. And that's why he actually got that contract is because he's a guy who you could send up the seam. He could be a goal, uh, a red zone threat. Um, You know, Schultz is good at that stuff. There's no doubt. And he has some quickness and receiving ability. But it was always Jarwin that we, we, we looked at as the guy that was the receiving specialist at tight end. So. Uh, yeah, if, if they're able to find a way to get him back uh, and, and, and playing again, I really think it will help specifically with uh, with the, the kind of shell coverages that they're seeing that they're facing on offense. And look, I mean, all you have to do is look at how much of a difference this offense may, had with when they were able to target Schultz more last week. I think that you 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 could pair off a couple of Schultz's targets plus add a few more for Jarwin, uh, and I think you're going to find a, a incredibly high rate of success. And then I think that you know in, in a way that it may be surprising that will further open things up on the outside for your guys because it's going to draw the safeties closer to the middle of the field, uh, and it's going to open things up for like the turkey hole shots and that sort of thing. I agree. I, I don't get the sense that he's coming back though this season. Yeah, I, 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 you just you don't get any kind of solid information there, and 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 I, you know maybe McEwen can be that guy. Like you keep seeing, he's just not uh, the athlete though. That's, yeah, he's just the not problem. the same kind of athlete. That, but but I, I think you know you hope that you can get another guy kind of operating in that area of the field a little bit because yep. I think it would help you know kind of free up not only Schultz but the guys on the outside to have just someone else who's a reliable oh. safe target in the middle. It does make you wonder, like, what are they going to do at the tight end spot next year? Because this would basically be two years in a row where Blake Jarwin got injured pretty early in the season and wasn't able to return. 
Schultz is a free agent. And I actually, I think my thoughts on Schultz have changed over the last couple of months. I, I know earlier in the season, we were really high on him, kind of thinking the Cowboys should bring him back. I, I'm starting to think they'll be okay if they if they lose him. I, I don't think that's a huge loss. I really don't. Yeah, you know, I know I, you're. I, I know you're a Schultz guy. It's, go ahead. I, I, it's the. It's it's not even just that though. It, it, my concern is that it's a position that's very difficult. It's one of the few positions left in the NFL where you can't really draft a guy. No, well, not you know, or or immediately want return play. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like that's the issue. I mean, even Kyle Pitts, he, he's having success being used in an untraditional manner. But if yes. you have a, a need for a traditional tight end in your offense. Tight end is still one of the few positions where you just don't see a lot of guys who have a lot of early success. So that's why I'm more feeling like you you should you should keep Schultz because I'm I'm just sick as a Cowboys fan of watching of us training up all the league's tight ends and then having I mean I mean half the teams have our tight ends on their <laughs> on their rosters yeah and I, it, and it's not an easy position to fill if you can't get something in free agency so. I would rather spend the money on a guy that we know than have to kind of constantly chase this dragon of free agent tight ends year after year while waiting for a potential guy to draft and, and, and develop. Yeah, I just I get I get what you're saying though. I mean Schultz he, is, he, he, he didn't finish his strong, much, right? He what? He just disappears too much. Yeah, and he's that's fair. He's, I think he's so average at best as a blocker. And honestly, I, I really like Schultz. Like, I think there's some things that he can do really well after the catch and all that kind of stuff. But if you bring back like Amari and you, you do something at receiver, I think you can kind of mitigate it. Like, I just, I, I like Sean McEwen enough. I like Jeremy Sprinkle enough that I think you can get by if you have to. I, my thing is, Landon, you're going to have one of Blake Jarwin or Dalton Schultz next year. I, I think that's absolutely the case. They're not going to go into next season having both those guys off the team, right? I I just feel like you know Jarwin. I think Jarwin just really can't block. I mean, (laughs) despite what uh, some national media folks may say, (laughs) I think Schultz can block some in some in some specific situations very well. But but I think asking him to line up as a Y and you know, knock a defensive end back on a uh, you know okay. straightforward run. That's not what he does. So, if you need that guy, then you know that you need Schultz plus a what a sprinkle or a, a yeah. you know an upgraded sprinkle type. A Blake like, Bell. Yeah, yeah. You needed I, honestly. I think they should have resigned Blake Bell. And, and I said that this morning. Yeah, I, I really feel like they missed Blake Bell in this offense. I uh, yeah. So I because think they, he's a better blocker than Sprinkle, and he's far more athletic. So. Not only can he like block on the move better than Sprinkle can, but he can also if you need him in the passing game to like run like one of those PA waggles and just run yeah. to the flat, he can do that, right? Yeah, and and that's what I wrote in my notes about the uh, uh, Schultz yesterday. I think was was something to the extent of you need him to catch a bootleg, you need him to, to run the seam. Schultz is your guy. You need him to uh, do a cut off a guy uh, uh, on a blocking on a backside zone. He's your guy. He can hinge block. That's yeah. great. You need him to block a, a guy at the defensive end uh, off the line to create space. I wouldn't ask him to do that. Do you need him to shield block a, a, a stock block, a defensive back alone in space on a screen? I wouldn't ask him to do that either. So like, I just think that he has, he's limited as a blocker in this, in, in what specifically kind of blocks he does well 
And I think if you need someone who is a full-time blocker at tight end, then you need to be ready to use Connor McGovern or have a tight end that is a, you know, specifically a block, like a, an inverse Schultz, right? A, a very good blocker who is a kind of good receiver. Uh, I agree with you. Um, all right, let's get to some more questions. Um, how, <laughs> I like this one. Landon, uh, what's your favorite Cowboys Christmas, Christmas Eve, or day after Christmas Eve game? So basically right around this time, favorite Cowboy game. All right, you go first because I'm looking something up real quick to see uh, which what the date was on a certain certain game. Yeah, I, I'm trying to remember this one as well. Uh, <laughs> so there was a game, I believe it was uh, early 1990s. Cowboys oh no! Played... You're, you're gonna no, do no, no. This is a good one. Is, is this the Cardinal game? Is this the one you're thinking no, about? No, 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 no. Okay, so the Cowboys played the Cardinals, and I, I doggone, I cannot think of the year. I wish it was, but Cowboys absolutely destroyed the Cardinals. I believe it was on Christmas Day, and that game actually was uh, a game that most people in America watched. Do you know why? Uh, no. Why? Because that is the game in which they filmed the the, the movie scenes for uh, the, oh, the movie Jerry Maguire. Yeah, oh, okay, cool. I was going to say uh, uh, in, uh, any given Sunday. but the, No, no, this Jerry is the Maguire one where they, yeah. they filmed the Jerry Maguire one where yeah. Rod Tidwell catches Yeah, yeah, movie. yeah, totally. So totally. there you go. That's, that's, the, that's the best one I got for you. They don't have a lot of good Christmas days. So th- this, is, this, is a, this isn't a Christmas game. It's a New Year's game. But – uh, I, I think you know, in, in this in the tradition of the holidays, to me, obviously the one that that really sticks out to, like the holidays, kind of around the holidays uh, game is is the Emmett Smith broken collarbone game. Yeah, yeah um, that, that, I mean when he when we when we uh, sealed the deal for the playoffs against the Giants, which you know I, I was thinking about that too, just um, uh, playing the Giants recently. You know, time at the end of the year it always makes me think of that game. Yeah, I, I'll yeah. never forget watching that game as a, as a kid and I was 13 years old and just being com- in complete awe that he was able to finish that game. was just amazing. Yeah. That one's a really good rewatch. Uh, by the way, 1995 yeah. was the, that uh, was the game. Was yeah. Monday, night, Monday night game. Kevin Williams had a monster game, nine catches for 203 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Cowboys won 37 to 13. Larry Centers caught 15 passes in that game. Do you yeah. remember Larry Centers? I do remember Larry Centers. Larry Centers was a weird anomaly in, in the NFL that he was a fullback who caught passes at a rate that were – you know, he he kind of reminded you of, of a – what was the guy that was, uh, with Parcells? God. Oh, Richie Anderson, of course. Yeah, he's like a bigger Richie <laughs> Anderson, right? Like, yeah, uh-huh. Richie Anderson, incredible – another incredible uh, guy that – just a glue guy, a utility guy you'd love to have on your team. Just a fantastic player. I. Yeah, I wish we Cowboys had more fun Christmas games to talk about. There was that one in 2010 when they played the Cardinals, I think on Christmas Day, when Jason Garrett was the coach, right? Yeah. Uh, they lost on a field goal right at the end of the game. Um, anyways. Uh, all right, next question. Uh, this one from at MX underscore Dallas. Uh, it's it's uh, not a question, but can you explain the outcomes if the season ended today and how we can get each seat? Uh, sure. I have it pulled up right now. We can do it. So, Oh, the playoff scenarios? Yes. Yeah. If the playoffs ended today, the Cowboys would be the two seed and they would play the Minnesota Vikings in round one. How do you like that matchup for Dallas? I love it, man. I mean, as far as available play, uh, teams to play in the playoffs, then yeah, I, I, I'll take that. Uh, absolutely. Okay. How about this? Would you rather play Minnesota or the Saints in round one? Minnesota, I think. 
Don't I you? I, I, I don't I know, man. I, the Saints, like, their defense is so, so good. And, but and, if and, you score 13 points, you're probably winning, right? If you score 13 points. I, I, I Look, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I, I agree. I think – I, I understand actually, what you're thinking, but this sounds geez. weird. I trust Kirk Cousins way more in a playoff game. Cousins has actually been pretty decent in the playoffs, by the way. Yeah, you know, I guess you're. I mean, I guess you're right. I just feel like you have a better chance against that defense in the state that it's in currently, uh, and and Kurt's, yeah. Kurt is at best a fifty fifty proposition. So <laughs> he's a fifty fifty proposition. What a Stasem Hill. <laughs> That's true, but at least, but again, the defense. I don't know. I I think it's. I don't think it's as cut and dry. But I do think that you. I would like either one of those two okay. teams as my option versus San Francisco. Let's say. Yeah. All right. So for the Cowboys to get the two seed, um, they basically need to end up in a three way tie for with Tampa Bay in either Arizona or Los Angeles or because they don't have the tiebreaker with Tampa Bay. It's very unlikely that Tampa Bay is going to lose any of their final three games. Although it's maybe more likely now with some of the injuries, right? Yeah. I I still don't see that because their schedule is at Carolina uh, at the Jets and then home against Carolina. It doesn't seem very likely. I think it Carolina twice, man. I mean, God. I know. I know. So <laughs> Dallas needs to end up Dallas needs to end up in a three-way tie. And that gets to be a little hard considering the Cowboys play Arizona here in two weeks, right? So if they beat the Cardinals here in week 17, they need kind of the Rams to probably win out as well. And the Rams could do it. So assuming the Rams win here on uh, Tuesday night, the Rams will play uh, at Minnesota next week, uh, at Baltimore, and then home against the 49ers. Their schedule is pretty tough. Uh, so it seems – I think it seems pretty likely the Cowboys are the three seed, Landon. That yeah. seems kind of the way it's going. That does um, However, however, if the Cowboys win out, let's let's say that happens, right? They They beat Washington here next week. They beat the Cardinals here in week 17, and obviously they beat the Eagles uh, in week 18. And the Packers slip up once. Let's say they slip up to the Browns or they slip up against Minnesota. Dallas is your one seed. It's Mm -hmm. not far-fetched at all that the Cowboys could potentially earn that number one seed. Yeah, I mean, really, they need Green Bay to leave the door open for them. Uh, And if they they do, Dallas can, can keep winning out into the one seed. That's why it's um, so unfortunate the Ravens weren't able to pull that game out. Yeah, oh, that would have been awesome, really, right? It really was. I mean, when I, I was thinking like how close we, they were, and that and and Andrews dropping, uh, getting that ball knocked away, and yeah, it was it was very close to being a very very happy Christmas for us all. Um, but you know, look, there's still. I mean, what can you read off the the Giants? Uh, I mean, sorry, the, the Packers remaining. Schedule? Yeah, they play they play home against the Browns this week on Christmas uh, on Christmas Day. Uh, the following week, um, they play at Minnesota. Or they play home against Minnesota. Minnesota already beat them once this year. Yeah, and then they play at the Lions uh, in Week 18. Now, they'll probably beat the Lions, but you never know. You never, you know. never know. And I, I'll tell you what: like I, after watching the Lions these last few weeks, I, I'm not saying that they're like a tough team to beat, but they're it's the they're not as easy a walk through that you that they were probably earlier in the season. They look a little bit more inspired. Uh, the Vikings again, a, a potential playoff team that has already beaten them once this year uh, in, in, in a division game. That's tough. 
Um, who'd you say that the, the first team was? Who they played next it's, week? It's the Cleveland. Yeah, yeah, home against the Browns. Now the Browns yep. should be. They should get most of their guys back. It's not an easy game, I don't think, for Green Bay. It's gonna. It's a game where they're probably no. gonna have to sweat it out. And Cleveland's, you know, Cleveland's back is against the wall now, because right? Cause oh yeah, they can't lose. They have to win out. Yeah, they've got to win. So, um, it's not an easy. It's not going to be an easy game, and and that defensive line, at the very least, uh, yeah, is it's gonna... it's not a given that Green Bay, uh, just walks through the next three games and they win them all. They're going to be favored in every game. Yeah. But that doesn't always matter, as we've seen in the NFL. Uh, all right, let's take one more quick break so I can tell you guys about Built Bar. This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar, Built Bar. It's filled with so much holiday goodness, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calorie, sugar, net carbs, and fat, and high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. There's so many great flavors, brown, double brownie, uh, cherry, double chocolate, cookies and cream, mm. peanut butter brownie. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you get 15% off your next order. Just use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right. Uh, a couple more questions before we head out. This is a, a really, really important one, Landon. What's oh, your boy. favorite Christmas movie of all time? That's a really tough question, you know. Uh, Die Hard. <laughs> that does not count as a Christmas movie. Come Absolutely. on. We're not going to have this argument here, but it's <laughs> Die Hard. So. I actually made a answer. list. I made a list. I'm gonna run through it. Um, all right, all right. I'll give you the thumbs up or thumbs down each one. Right. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Number one, it's it's a wonderful life. Does that count? Yeah, that's good. Is that really a Christmas movie though? It, all again, it takes place in Christmas. That's that's the that okay. is the parameters for me. And they reference Christmas. It's a Christmas okay. movie. So, uh, yes. Home Alone. It's just absolutely perfect. Absolutely. Okay. Santa Claus with Tim Allen. Oh, I, this is a podcast. I guess I should be saying this. Yeah. Uh, thumbs, thumbs down for Santa Claus. You don't like I, the Santa? Oh, what's wrong with the Santa? Claus? It, it doesn't. It, it, it doesn't. Have you watched it in the last few years? It doesn't play. I as watched well it like three days ago. It just doesn't play as well. It's not as good <laughs> as it was when I was a kid. I saw it. Uh, number four, Christmas Vacation. Oh, big thumbs up. Huge thumbs okay. up. Yeah. And number five is Home Alone too. Home Alone 2, absolutely underrated movie. Uh, so absolutely. is it better than number one? Because I think you can make the argument. I think I, I think it's in it's as good as number one. I think you have to put aside the fact that how did this happen to Kevin's parents <laughs> again? Like how? Like it, Because that's the only thing is that you're watching it and you're just like, okay, I understand what, what the movie's trying to tell me. Gremlins yeah. is a great one. Great, great, great. <laughs> Gremlins. Gremlins is absolutely Someone just popped count. in on the chat. Gremlins for me. Uh, Rain King, I think it was. Excellent choice. Uh, but because I like movies that combine <laughs> – like you know, Halloween and Christmas because those are my two favorite uh, ho uh, holidays. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I like those. All right, do you get do you have an underrated one that doesn't quite crack your top five, but everybody should watch? Man, I, I'm still a sucker for the Charlie uh, Brown Christmas. Mm. I mean, I know that's not necessarily a, a, a movie for, per se, but the Charlie Brown episode, uh, Christmas episode, is still still gets me. Again, as as does the Charlie Brown Halloween episode. So I, I have that in common. <laughs> I like Rudolph. It's still one of my favorites. I watched it with my daughter the other day. Just the, the story and the meaning and yep. uh, the the social things that you get out of it. Like yeah. if you have a 
problem just covered up unless you're useful for me uh, <laughs> not not all, not always great lessons in some of those uh some of those, it uh, is really funny I, I laugh every time i watch it it's so so good so uh we want to hear your favorite christmas movies so please leave us a review uh just tell us your favorite movies maybe we'll read some of them on yep. friday uh, on our christmas eve show uh check us out on youtube Thursday, we got a crossover podcast with Chris Russell talking about the Washington football team. And man, that is going to be a lot of fun. I think we might have to bring up some of those uh, early season previews when we were talking about the NFC oh, East. And uh, yeah, that's that, that might be. Oh. Uh, Portrait Patricia, she just sounded so broken when I talked to her <laughs> on last week about the Giants. She's just, she's completely done with this team. Uh, I've got a feeling the rest of the NFC East probably yeah. feels the same. Preseason right. optimism always uh, turns very sour and poisonous at the end of a bad season. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> I definitely understand. Uh, he's at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher. Enjoy the week. We'll see you guys back here on Thursday.